Matthew chapter 25, verses 1 through 13. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with the lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there not be enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell, and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. And let's pray. Lord God, I do thank you so much. Uh, Lord, that we are here today. Thank you, Lord, for the freedom that we have here in America, Lord, to assemble. And uh, Lord, to be able to take God's word, your holy word, and Lord, be able to preach it. I ask that you please just be with the special, be with the preaching. Um, Lord, would you use it for your glory, for your honor, and to help us, Lord, to have our ears open and our hearts open, uh, keep the distractions away, and uh, Lord, just help us to hear what you want us to hear today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. you. May be seated. In Matthew chapter 25, God gives us a parable. Everybody look at me for a second. I, I spent many Wednesday nights teaching on parables. A parable is an illustration of a truth. It's not necessarily a true story, but it illustrates a truth. Here's where most preachers get in trouble. They spend time on the truth of the uh, illustration and they miss the truth of the parable. The illustration isn't the big part of a parable. The truth is the big part. Of a parable. Does that make sense to everybody? Uh, so I, I want to help you today. And uh, the focus of this morning is on the truth, not the parable. Uh, God was using an illustration of ten virgins awaiting the bridegroom to come. And the Bible says that five were wise and five were foolish. Now, you say, what do you mean? Well, they all had their lamps and they were ready But five had their lamps filled with fuel, five did not. And the people who were gathering them, waiting for the bridegroom to come, said, you better be ready, we don't know when he's coming, but when he comes, it's going to be in a hurry, and you're not going to have time to get ready. So five were totally ready, they had their lamp, they had their wick, but they did not have fuel, Word came that the bridegroom was coming and they said, look, can we borrow your fuel? And they said, no, because there's a chance then none of us are going to make it. Go buy your own. And while they were out going to buy their own, the five that had the fuel, the bridegroom came, they went in, they shut the door, and the five without didn't get to go. Now, this is in reference to the rapture, or the time when Jesus comes back, very soon we hope, to come get the Christians off this earth. One day the trump of God will sound, the dead in Christ shall rise first, that we which are alive and remain should be caught up together to meet them in the clouds, so shall we ever be with the Lord, and they can have this old stinking world, amen? We're going to blow this popsicle stand saying, and glory to God all the way. Now wait a minute, this is in reference to that event called the rapture. But there's a truth in this that I want you to get. Now, uh, I, I'm, I've been in West Virginia now about 22 years. Uh, I, I use this term in a positive way, not a, not a negative way. I'm going to be a bit of a redneck today. Uh, you say, why? Because I am one, amen? Uh, 
but uh, there's a there's a truth that I believe will help you, ladies. I'm not going to be gory or anything like that, uh, but I, I'm going to use uh, something today that I think will help you. Several weeks ago, uh, I was out hunting with my muzzle loader, it's black powder, and uh, muzzle loader is much different than a rifle. A rifle, you have your gun and you have a bullet. That bullet has the part, the projectile that comes out, the powder's behind it, and it's got its own built-in uh, percussion cap in there that sparks and blows the uh, snot out of the bullet and shoots it down the barrel and you kill the deer and take it home, amen? But it's all in one convenient little package. Black powder or muzzle loader doesn't come together in one little package. Black powder, you have to put powder down the barrel, then you have to put your either wadding or uh, sabot in with your bullet and push it down all the way in. Then you open up the back end, the breech of that thing, and have to put a uh, percussion cap in there to spark it. And it's kind of a uh, deconstructed bullet. All right, that's the best way to say it for those of you that cook. You know what I mean by that. So instead of it all being in one little cute little package right there and click, click, and shoot another one, after you fired black powder, you got to put more powder in, put your bullet and your wadding and stuff in, and then open it back up, put another cap in, and then shoot, and it takes a while to do all that. You say, uh, why do you do it? Because it's fun. And then when you pull the trigger, is all you see is this blue cloud. And you hope that you hit what you were aiming at and figure out after the smoke clears. Amen? Uh, and it's, it's, it's much different. Now, uh, black powder also is, it's not as clean burning. Uh, you can shoot a rifle hundreds of times, and honestly, you wouldn't have to clean the barrel. After you shoot about three or four times with the black powder, you're not going to load it again until you clean it out. It just builds up on the whole barrel. And after about three or four shots, you're going to clean out your barrel one way or the other. And most of the time, you've got to take the breech plug out and clean it out. And I'll get into that in just a moment here. Uh, so you have about three or four times before you have to literally t- tear it apart and clean it and put it all back together. Now... Uh, everyone who uses or hunts with a black powder uh, weapon, they carry something called a possible's bag. How many of you have ever heard that term before? Some of you men, I know you did. Uh, this is my possible's bag. Say, a possible's bag? What is that? Let me help you with that. A possible's bag is this. You have everything in that little little bag that you need that you would possibly ever need out in the field to make your weapon work. What's that? No, I don't carry my mascara. That, that's what you carry, not me. It's not a caboodle, it's a possible's bag, amen? Uh-huh. I had girls, I, know, I had a girl, I know what that is. Uh, so in my possible's bag, uh, I have in this plastic bag, you say, why? Because it's not always dry outside. It keeps my, my powder dry. I have my powder, I have percussion caps, and I have my bullets with the sabots on there. And I keep those in there. And I also have some patches in there that I can take my ramrod out, take the breech plug out, run that down with the ramrod, and clean my barrel out enough to get another shot in if need be. I also have a brush if it gets real bad. And uh, I have the, the tool by which to take my, my breech plug out all at the same time and, and different things that you need. Now, you say, why do they call it a possible's bag? Because if you've ever been out hunting and something went wrong, you need everything possible in the field or you're not taking any meat home. Amen. That's exactly what it means. Now, uh, in mine, I also carry something probably a little different than, than the average person, but I have a paper clip in mine. Because I found out that that paper clip's about the same size as the hole in my breech plug, and I can clean that thing out real quick. And that's all I got to do is like that, and I'm ready to go. You say, uh, a possible's bag? Yeah, a possible's bag. And uh, you say, why is that important? Well, normally, and this is the first year this has ever happened, but uh, I hadn't shot my gun in a year or so, and I thought it was on, and I was out hunting. A deer came out, 
about 40 yards. I squeezed off, boom, and she ran about 50 yards this way. I said, "Uh uh-oh, I didn't hit her. Now, I'm 15 foot up in a tree. If you've never loaded a muzzle loader, you have no concept of what it means to load one in a stand 15 feet in the tree with two deer looking at you. First of all, I grab my bag, I grab uh, two of these things of black powder, and I drop them down the, the barrel. I've got 100 grains of powder sitting there, and I put it down the barrel. I'm watching those deer to make sure i got a chance here. Then I take my, my bullet, my 50 caliber bullet, put it in one of these sabot holders, I put it in, and then i got to push it down with this and start it down that way, pull the ramrod out, push it the rest of the way down, while there's deer watching me. Then i got to open up the back end of the gun, then i got to find in this bag and get this little teeny tiny little thing that's going to, when I pull the trigger, pop, it's going to blow a spark out to shoot that that's going to shoot that. I got to do all that, and that, that, those two does are standing out there looking at me. <laughs> I thought, well, God made you stupid, so I, so I wouldn't look so stupid. And I've squeezed off again, and I missed. Well, come to find out, my gun was off very bad. It was, at 50 yards, it was probably off six or seven feet to the left. At 13 yards, it was six inches to the left. So you can imagine at 50 yards, it was over here. Well, I thought, nuts. So I walked out of the woods. I went and got a target. I set up and fired my first shot. And Okay. I readjusted my scope. I fired the next shot. That's four times I fired that gun. And I said... And the fourth time I'm trying to push one of these down the hole, I was pushing. This is the last shot before I got to clean this thing. So I finally got it in. I was getting a little closer. I backed that thing out of there. I rammed the rod with brush, and then I rammed a couple uh, patches down through it. I cleaned the breech plug out a little bit, scraped it with my knife, popped it with the, with, with the uh, paper clip, put it back in there, loaded it back up. Squeezed off, dead on where I wanted to be. Thought, hmm, I wonder if I got one more shot in this thing. I loaded it back up and said, I'm going to live by faith. Amen. Went back out to my stand, and a little while later, I got that big old fat doe. I understood what a possible's bag was for. I needed everything possible and not have to go home to do it while I was in the field. Make sense to everybody? Now, I know that's a bit of a redneck illustration, but it's a perfect illustration of the truth today. You see, I needed more things in my possibles bag than I've ever needed. I've carried that thing for years and never got two shots. But I understand why I took it with me everywhere I went. I had never needed it before like I did this year. Had I not had it with me, there would have been no success because the opportunity was there, but I was not prepared for it. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you have your possibles bag ready for life and eternity? Do you have your possibles bag ready? Uh, Are you going to be like the five wise virgins And have everything you possibly need? Or are you going to be like the five foolish virgins and you only got one shot and it doesn't even have all that you need? You're going to have to go home or go somewhere else to get what you need and while that's going on, you miss the opportunity. You see, five virgins had their possible bag, but five did not. Five saw success, five did not. I want to talk to you today about that topic. Get your possibles bag ready. Get your possibles bag ready. I'm going to use the illustration of what I have here. First of all, what do you need in your possibles bag? Well, you got to have dry powder. I found out you can't burn wet powder. 
you've heard the term keep your powder dry. There's a reason because it don't fire if it's wet. And if it got wet and dried back out, it's worthless. It has to stay dry all the time. You see, the, the, the powder is the catalyst that shoots the bullet out. Say, well, what is the powder in our life, preacher? It's the Word of God. It's the King James Bible. Everybody doing okay? You need the Word of God in your possibles bag for life. You see, we need to constantly be in the Bible and not just having it, but living it. I'm going to make a statement here. I've made it before a few times. I don't know that I've made it on a Sunday morning, but I I may have. You see, (laughs) knowing the Bible doesn't mean you have it with you. God's not as interested in how much you know. He's more interested in how much you're living. There are churches that are filled with people who have notebooks and Bibles that are packed full of notes today, but they go home, put it on the coffee table, and don't live anything they heard. If you have all the knowledge in the world about that book, but you never do anything with it, what good is it? You will not stand before God one day and give an account of how much Bible you know. You will stand before God one day and give an account of your life based on how much of that book you lived. Not how much you know, but how much you have lived. You see, uh, knowing it is kind of like buying powder and leaving it in the cabinet at the house. Oh, I've got a whole lot more black powder at the house. But had I not had some with me, I would not have had success. You see, in your possibles bag, you need the word of God. Uh, By the way, make sure you use dry powder. You say, what's dry powder, preacher? That's the King James Bible and not man's versions. All of man's versions are wet powder. They don't fire anything. They're worthless. That's man trying to interpret what God said instead of letting God say it. Don't you think a God great enough to make the world? Don't you think a God great enough to make the universe? Don't you think that a God great enough to give us eternal life has enough sense how to give us the ever-living words of God? Then why do we want to mess with it? I don't care what another man wrote about it. I care what God said. And the King James Bible for the English-speaking people are the very words of God. Man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. God's a liar if there's not a Bible that has every word that proceeded out of his mouth. Why is it that that book right there, the King James Bible, is the only Bible not allowed in communist countries. You can take the NIV, the RV, the ASV, or the HIV for the sodomites. Uh, You can take any version you want into a communist country, but that one right there. Mm -hmm. You say, Why? (laughs) Because man perverted the other ones, that's the pure words of God. Amen. Make sure you have dry powder. Say, well, preacher, you make a big deal of that. Yeah, I make a big deal of that because with wet powder, you ain't doing much. You might as well use your gun as a club. Amen. Matter of fact, I wanted to throw my gun that day when I missed twice. I thought, you run over here, I'll throw my knife at you. Uh, I I was upset with me. I wasn't upset with the gun. It fired. It did what it was supposed to do. I did not do what I was supposed to do. It wasn't the failure of the powder. It was the failure of the shooter. Everybody doing okay? The word of God will never fail. Feelings change. 
I, I was helping someone this week, and it reminded me of a chorus that I sing from time to time. I'd rather live by faith than try trusting in feelings. I'd rather trust in God than count on my own feelings. The word of God will never fail, but feelings, they get rearranged. I'd rather live by faith than try trusting in feelings. I wonder how many people are trusting on a feeling to take them to heaven. I wonder how many people are trusting on a feeling to wonder if the Holy Spirit has empowered them. Folks, I'm here to tell you, you don't get it by a tingle, you get it by the Word of God. You don't get it because you got some feeling. Ooh, the hair raised up on my neck. Well, I've had some things raise the hair on my neck that I don't want to be around. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Mm Mm-hmm. When I went out elk hunting out west of Montana about six, seven years ago, Got dropped off on top of a mountain somewhere I had never been in my life and realized I was miles from anywhere of anybody even knowing where I was at. And then all of a sudden you realize there's bear, mountain lion, wolf, two different kinds of bear, all kinds of creatures out there big enough to eat you. And all of a sudden you hear things moving in the woods. You go, "Uh oh, and it's dark. Now, I don't care who you are, it does raise the hair on your neck a little bit. Say, why? Because if you can't see what it is, it, it, it's point and click, amen? Uh, unfortunately, I didn't have black powder. I had a rifle, so I had extra shots available right away. Wait a minute, those were feelings. I'd rather live by faith in the word of God than trust me. I'd rather live by what God says than trust what man says. So we need in our possible's bag for life dry powder, which is the word of God. Oh, I'm here to shout for a second here. What's the next thing you need in your possible's bag? Well, you can have all the powder in the world, but if you don't have a bullet, it's worthless. You'll scare it away, but that's all you're going to do. You see, you need to have bullets in your life. What is that? Gospel tracks. That's the gospel. Right there's a bullet. Say, what is that? Did you know you chase away the devil every time you start giving somebody the gospel? It is the power of God unto salvation that everyone to believe us. It is the power of the gospel. Uh, I forget who it was recently said, preacher, you know, you're preaching about how you pull your Bible out in public and in the airports and stuff and you get a seat he's i forget who it was maybe somebody in the room today they said i did that it's amazing how fast people move away from you i said yeah it is you ought to go so everywhere you go you ought to be giving the gospel out grab a stack of tracks on your way out and when you go to the store give somebody a gospel track when you're at the drive up and getting your food give the person a gospel track if you're at the restaurant give the waiter or the waitress a a gospel track if you miss kathy and you go to the gas station hand them out and then put them on the gas pumps uh, if you're at work, give out a gospel track. Well, I can't give them out at work. They can pass out filthy literature from their stuff. How come you can't give them a gospel track? Amen. Are you doing all right? Don't, don't believe what the world says. If you go to the doctor, pass out gospel tracks. Some of you older people, you're at the doctor more than your home. Uh, we've got folks in our church, every time they pay a bill through the mail, they put a gospel track in it. Uh, when you go to the bank, give out a gospel track. Man, I've got folks, they grab them and go to every uh, gas station or store, and they pin them up. People are taking them off the, off the, the, the thing there. Hey, these are your bullets. You see, you are no match for the devil because you think you know something. Amen. Do you know what's going to chase the devil away? The bullet. Amen. And the bullet is the gospel. Uh, I'm about to shout. Some of you hunters, I need your help on this one. The gospel is the right caliber to drop the old devil. It's not a little twenty-two that's just going to bounce off of him and he's going to go, mm. That old fifty caliber, buddy, it's going to reach out there and bark. You can take down a bull moose with that. That, that with enough powder, it, it'll take just about any animal in the world down. It's got enough power behind it. It's the right caliber for the job can i tell you something when you give the gospel it's the right caliber to chase the old stinking devil away 
and I don't mean this unkindly, but I'm going to use Brother Aaron for a second just because he's sitting close enough to me. Uh, one day, my son and I, when he was still here as an assistant pastor, were out in the middle of summer, July, August. I mean, it was hot. It was like one of those days that's 100 degrees and you looked outside and sweated. One of those kind of days, we're out knocking on doors. Came up to the house and I had my suit coat on because I was carrying my uh, my nine mil. And Josh didn't have his coat on, but he was still carrying. And that was his choice, not mine, but he did. And I knocked, we rang the doorbell and this guy comes to the door and he was sweating more than I was. He had just been out on the lawnmower in 100 degree weather. And he's a bit bigger than I and looked like it because he was. We introduced ourselves, started talking. His wife came to the door. We started talking. Probably 45 minutes to an hour we talked. Invited them to church, gave them a gospel track. They were looking for a church. <laughs> they came the next Sunday. And I told them they're in store for a shock because they were coming. He grew up a Jew and then went to the Catholic church. I mean, he was an ecumenical mess. <laughs> and they had never been in a Baptist church in their whole life. I said, it ain't going to mean nothing like anything you expected. Their kids went to junior church. They came down the hall. And I saw them afterwards, and they said, you're right, we weren't ready for that. And I thought, I don't know if that's good or bad. And the kids came, Daddy, 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 can we come back next week? Can we come back next week? I went to see them that next week, and we talked. And they came back, went back to their home and talked to them. And after just a little while, sat on the couch in their living room and went through the scriptures and I watched Jennifer and Aaron bow their head and trust Jesus Christ as their Savior. And look at what God has done in the last couple of years. Now, it's the power of God unto salvation. Not the personality of the preacher. Not the beauty of the music, though that's important. It is the power of the gospel. The gospel is the bullet that you fire from the word of God to defeat the devil. You're not going to get him because you know something. You're going to get it because you get the gospel out. Let's get the gospel out. <laughs> Did you know you can't get the gospel to the wrong person? I can't tell you how many people I've won to Christ. I was visiting, following up on people that gave me a wrong address or I got to the wrong house. And, then, and I'll say, oh, sorry, they don't live here. Uh, but since I'm here... And I've won many people to Christ and got them in church over the fact that I knocked on the wrong door, but I had the right place. Did you know you can't give the gospel to the wrong person? But may I say something? You've got to take aim and fire. That bullet's not going to fire itself. You can put it in the gun, but it's not going anywhere until you fire it. You've got to aim and fire. By the way, guns don't kill, people kill. I can load a gun and leave it there forever and it will never go off. Not until somebody pulls the trigger is it going off. Everybody doing okay? Hang on, that's for the liberals. <laughs> Sorry. Number three. I love this. I've been waiting the whole sermon just for this one part. You can have powder. You can have your bullet with your wadding or your uh, sabbat on there you can pull the hammer back and squeeze it 500 times and you're not going to get anything you got to have something that's going to make a spark you got to have the percussion cap see when you pull the hammer back and you squeeze the trigger and the hammer goes forward it pushes a little pin called a firing pin right into the back of that thing and it causes it to spark, and that spark comes right through that hole, goes through the breech, lights the powder, and pushes the bullet out. Now watch this. I'm about to shout. The percussion cap in your life is the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. That percussion cap is the spark. It is that which empowers the powder and projects the bullet. You see, it is the power of the Holy Spirit that ignites the powder and the bullet goes at the target. We need to obey and let the spark fire off in our life. I'm about to shout. 
You could put 10 of those in your gun. I do not suggest it. You could fill your barrel with with black powder, but if you don't have a spark to make it go off, it's not going to do anything. All the powder in the world will not do anything until it has a spark. And it takes the spark of the Holy Spirit of God in your life before you'll project the gospel. You need the Holy Spirit in your life. Say, preacher, how do I get the Holy Spirit? Do I sit in church and all of a sudden something happens and I flip and flop on the floor like a fish out of water and I start saying all the motorcycle names backwards, saying things I don't know? No, that's not. That's called somebody having a seizure. My daughter had uh, petty mal seizures. I understand. Brother Joe Lopez, he's back here, back now. He had uh, grand mal seizures for years, and I've mopped up more of Joe's blood than any human I know. He's broken bones, bashed his head. I, he went right through a glass door one day with a seizure, and I picked him up and uh, ripped my shirt off and put it around his head. Uh, you say, why? Because I've been through a lot of seizures. That wasn't the Holy Spirit. Amen. When a person realizes they're a sinner and on their way to hell and they trust Jesus Christ as their Savior and not their own righteousness, the Bible says that's called being born again. And that which is born of the flesh and flesh and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. And being born again means that the Holy Spirit rebirths our spirit at salvation. Jesus said, I'll not leave you comfortless. I will send the comforter in my name. And when you get saved, the moment you trust Christ as your Savior, the Holy Spirit of God moves into your life. Some will tell you, well, when you get saved, Jesus comes into your heart. I'm not going to fuss with him, but it's not biblically correct. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father right now. When you get saved, the Holy Spirit of God moves into your heart. It is the Holy Spirit that indwells us, and uh, it is He who gives us the spark for life. But you have to yield to the spark. I'm about to say something. This is what I've been waiting for. You can even put that in your gun. But just having it in the gun doesn't make the gun go off. Here's the truth. You have to pull the trigger to make it work. And until you pull the trigger and allow the Holy Spirit to do what he said he would do through you, you might as well use your gun in your life as a club. You see, the Holy Spirit will only spark when we pull the trigger. The Holy Spirit works within the confines of the word of God. Well, the Holy Spirit told me I'm supposed to sell my house and everything I have and give it to the church. No, he didn't. That's stupid. I wouldn't take it. Preacher, you wouldn't take it? No, I wouldn't take it. Well, the Holy Spirit told me. No, he didn't because that's not what the Word of God says. See, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the Word of God. And for the Holy Spirit to work outside of the confines of the word of God means he is not God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are in agreement, 1 John chapter 1. And they have to work together, not apart. Well, I just have this feeling, I'd rather trust in God than count on my own feelings. The word of God will never fail, but feelings, they get rearranged I'd rather live by faith than try trusting in feelings. Uh, Please don't take this the wrong way. I don't care how you feel. What does the word of God say? People come, well, preacher, I just feel the Holy Spirit. And I say, book, chapter, and verse. (laughs) Show me in the Bible where it says that, and we'll talk about it. Well, it's not in there. Then it wasn't the Holy Spirit. See, preacher, that sounds kind of cruel. No, it's teaching you do what the Holy Spirit says based on the word of God. That means we need to yield to him. That means when we read the Bible and say, Holy Spirit, would you help me as I read? Give me the truth that I need. Help me understand it. If if I need help and I go to the pastor and I get some advice and get some counsel, may I do it through the word of God and may I listen even though I might not understand. And you trust what the Bible and the Holy Spirit say and you pull the trigger and say, 
I'm just going to do it. Amen. <laughs> now I'm about to get in trouble, but it's okay. Because hey, anybody that's ever been soul winning has said this, I'll promise you. I went to a door and I knocked on the door and I just didn't feel like they were going to listen to the gospel. I didn't feel. Uh oh. Did you see the problem in that statement? <laughs> Man, I've knocked on doors. People come, come to the door dressed like I'm dressed right now. I'm thinking, now that person's going to listen. That's usually the first person to cuss me out or slam the door in my face. I've knocked on doors. Big old bruising guy, looks like he just got off his Harley, comes to the door. He's got tattoos everywhere. It looks like he got in a fight with a pop rivet gun, and there's everywhere. No shirt on. Looks like he eats old ladies for breakfast and old men for lunch. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And he comes to the door, and I'm thinking, uh, he ain't going to listen. I'll tell him who I am, where I'm from. I'll say, sir, let me ask you a question. Do you know if you died today, do you know 100% sure you'd go to heaven? Nope. I open my Bible. I walk that big old bad bruiser down the Romans road, watch him cry like a puppy dog, trusting Jesus Christ as a Savior. Now, to me, it doesn't make sense. Promise you. If it's based on my judgment, the wrong people got saved. I just learned, I ain't going to judge no more. I'm just giving it to everybody. I'm not accountable for how they receive it. I'm just accountable for pulling the trigger. I just got to pull the trigger. So, powder, the word of God. The bullet, the gospel, and tracks. The percussion cap, that is uh, the Holy Spirit, number four. Make sure you have the stuff to clean your gun. Amen, Brother Steve? You say, what are you talking about? That's memorizing scripture. <laughs> I'm not going to look at you when I say this. Some of you, the only two verses you know are John 3.16, for God so loved the world, and John 3.35, Jesus wept. <laughs> yep. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Let me ask you a question. If somebody took the Bible away from you, how much could you quote? From memory. I believe we ought to be memorizing the word of God. Amen. Yes, I'm not saying memorize the whole thing. but If you can, go for it. I don't know anybody in the room smart enough to do that, but try it. I challenge you. Say, preacher, do you have it all memorized? No. But last time I counted, it was over 3,000 verses I've memorized. 3,000. A lot. Say, why? Because there's times I don't have my Bible and can't go to it right away and look up certain things, and the, if I put it in, the Holy Spirit can pull it out when I need it. There's been times I've quoted Scripture and thought, I didn't know I knew that. But the Holy Spirit, because I pulled the trigger, is able to work by what I put in because I've cleaned my life up enough to put more in. Amen. <laughs> Hang on. That means this. Start memorizing scriptures, scriptures with things that you struggle with. Maybe you have a bad temper. Let me rephrase that. You do. No. Uh, but maybe you struggle with your temper a little bit. Well, there's verses in Proverbs and many other places be angry and sin not. Other places where uh, it talks about our temper and what we should do with our temper. How we should control our mouth and our tongue. Oh, that's a big one. Uh, maybe you struggle with alcohol. You know, the Bible's full of verses that tell us that we ought not be drinking alcohol. And if you memorize those verses, I, I, want, I want a sodomite to Christ one day. You say, preacher, what's a sodomite? That's this uh, alphabet soup crowd, the LGBTQ people. Uh, I was in Indiana. I want a sodomite to Christ one night. Full-fledged. Poor guy. I almost felt sorry for him because there were about eight, of, eight men standing in the parking lot, cold. About like yesterday. And it, one of the 
guys that was out soul winning with me, he wasn't uh, real smooth at it yet. He had been talking to this guy, and he said, look, Pastor Brother Bush, come here, come here, come here. This guy doesn't, thinks he's too bad to get saved. He said, and if he doesn't get saved, he's going to fry in hell like a sausage. I thought that wasn't a good thing to say. You know, this guy's going, I opened up the Bible, and I won that man to Christ. Reached in his wallet and pulled out these cards that were to these filthy clubs for sodomites. Hand them to me. said, I guess I don't need these anymore. Came to church, got baptized. He said, I need help. I'm, I'm not through all this yet. I said, tell you what, I handed him a Bible. I said, you read this. I said, and if the devil tempts you to go into one of those filthy places again, you sit down out front of that, that filthy place, open your Bible and read it for 15 minutes, and bow your head and ask God what you should do. He said, all right, I'll do it. I was sitting in a staff meeting, and one of the staff men said, man, he said, I saw the craziest thing the other day. He said, I was driving down such and such street, and uh, he said there was a guy sitting out in front of one of these sodomite places reading a Bible. He said, I couldn't believe it. I said, was he about so tall and look like this? He said, yeah. I said, you just baptized him a few weeks ago. I did? What was he doing reading the Bible there? I said, because that's what he was. And I gave him a Bible and told him to read it for 15 minutes. Asked God to, what he should do after he reads the Bible. I said, and he hadn't been back in one of those places since. Amen. Before you smoke your next cigarette, how about you open your Bible and read for 15 minutes. Bow your head and ask God to bless that next cigarette. Amen. Ouch. <laughs> Maybe you have trouble with the wrong crowd. Your attitude, discouragement, despair... All of those things are in the Word of God and many, 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 many thousands of more things. You see, maybe if we would start memorizing Scripture, we could keep our gun clean. Uh, every once in a while, you're going to have to get a brush. I forget what, there's the brush. Put it on the end of your ramrod, give it a good cleaning. That's called coming to church and getting the stuffings preached out of you. Amen. Sometimes you've got to do a deep clean on it. Everybody doing okay? You say, why? Uh, keep the verses that you need to memorize on your phone. Uh, put them in your car. Put them at your mirror. Put them on the refrigerator. Carry a three... Three by five cards with them written out and look at them every day till you've got them memorized so you can say them over and over and over and over and over and over again. Say, preacher, what's that going to do? Well, let's let scripture tell. Psalm 119, verse number nine. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way, but by taking heed thereto according to thy word. Amen. Clean word of God. Psalm 119, verse 11. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin dirty against him. So it is by the word of God that we clean our lives. Amen. And the more of it you memorize, I hate to tell you something, the more accurate you're going to be when you fire the gun. Some of you are so clogged up that if you did get the bullet in, you couldn't get it back out. Some of you are so packed full of dirt, you can't even get the, Bible, the, the bullet in to do anything. He said, well, I'm just going to give up, preacher. No, clean it out and go forward. Amen. I didn't throw the gun away because it needed cleaned. Don't throw your life away because it needs cleaned up. Amen. Boy, that's good stuff. Uh, parents with kids and coming to Sunday school. They take a paper home each week that's got a memory verse on it. How about you get your kids to memorize it and you memorize it with them? Amen. Everybody doing all right? If you're too old to memorize, you're too old. Amen? <laughs> Those of you that are old enough to remember, there was a day before smartphones that you had about 3,000 phone numbers memorized. You all know what I'm talking about? Man, not anymore. Smartphones have made us stupid. Man, I can still remember phone numbers from when I was a kid. But ask me what my, my wife's phone number or my dad's phone number or somebody. Uh, I couldn't tell you. i got to look it up on my phone. 
Say, why? I don't have to memorize them anymore. They're already in my phone. Boy, that's making me feel old. Shut up. Number five, and lastly, (laughs) you've got to have the tools to fix your gun. There's going to come a time where you're going to have to take that thing apart, work on it a little bit. You've got to take it apart to clean it right. You've got to take it apart to get the breech plug out so that you can fire it. And if you don't have the tools necessary, say, what's the tools? Prayer. Amen. Talking to God. Now, can I be real honest with you for just a second? Prayer was the hardest thing for me to accomplish in the Christian life. It really was. Uh, <laughs> you know, the thought of talking to somebody that you can't see just doesn't make sense to our, 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 our sinful flesh. God, hi, you there? No answer. You all know what I'm talking about? You feel a little awkward. Do you know what prayer was originally? Go to Genesis chapter 3. Not right now. God came down and walked with Adam in the cool of the garden of the cool of the day. And God and man walked and talked and fellowshiped. And God taught man about the earth and how to run it. Prayer is talking to God. Asking him questions and going to his word and letting the Holy Spirit teach you what the answer is. Asking him questions, and if you can't find it, you call the preacher and set up a time with the preacher to get the answer. Prayer is asking God. It's talking to God. It's just like talking. It says of Moses and God that God talked to him as a friend, speaketh to a friend. You see, uh, prayer is <laughs> the ability to go to God when something's not working right. When you're in distress, I fired twice and that deer's still there. What do I do? Break that thing down. Let's work on it. See, when the pressure's on, you've got to have the ability to fix it. And the only way to fix it is with the Word of God and with prayer and the Holy Spirit of God working together so that you can fix the problem. It's through prayer that he's able to help us. I wish I could tell you life is going to be easy. It's not. Brother Ricky, when you and Danny came to the office this week, my heart broke. Not just because of the death of Diane, but all the circumstances around it. I'll be honest with you. My heart was crushed. My heart was crushed this week when a man from out of state called me and was about to leave his wife and two kids, discouraged. Oh, by the way, everything's okay. They're back together. My heart was crushed this week when a pastor called me, discouraged. My heart was heavy with people in their burdens, but I went to my God and said, God, I need help. Brother Ricky, I went and spent two hours in the woods after we talked that day, just walking and talking to God. I was begging God for the words to help that family. I really was. I stood in the woods by the cross. There's times I just put my head against a tree and sobbed. I looked up and I said, God, I'm a sinner. I don't have the words to help them. I'm a pen and a three-by-five card. God says, start writing, son. I think I know how to help him now. I really do. Not because I'm something, because he's something. What a wonderful God we serve. Folks, I'm no better than you are. I'm not. But you do know this. You've got to have the powder of the word of God. You got to have the bullets of the gospel. You got to have the spark and the percussion cap 
of the Holy Spirit. You've got to have uh, the memorization of Scripture to keep your barrel clean. And you've got to have the wherewithal, the tools to fix your gun. Let me ask you a question. How's your possibles bag? Is it empty? Is everything just sitting in the cabinet at home? And you never take it with you? And you wonder why there's no success? God says of the five virgins that were wise, may I paraphrase this? They had their possibles bag with them. They had their oil. They had their lamp. They had their wicks that were trimmed and ready. And they had the ability to light that. Maybe we ought to get our possibles bag ready for life. You see, five were ready, five were not. Five made it, five did not. If you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior and the Lord came back today, I hate to tell you this, you wouldn't go. Not because God hates you, but because you haven't obeyed him. You have to obey the gospel. I'm not talking about joining the church. I'm not talking about getting baptized. I'm not talking about some kind of classes that you have to go through. You have to go from trusting you and your own good works and your own religious ways to trusting Jesus Christ as your Savior. That's all that it is. I did it at four and a half years old. That was 52 years ago. Shut up. Now, wait a minute. Can I tell you something? I learned along the way I've got to have my possibles bag ready, though. We ought to be checking to see. Are we going out without it? Do we have all that we need in it? And let's keep it with us all the time. How's your possibles bag for life? Every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm done. Let's be still for just a moment. Who'd say, preacher, I am 100% sure that I've trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior. If I were to die today, I know 100% sure because I've been saved, I've trusted Christ, I know for sure that I'd go to heaven. Do you raise your hand? God bless you. You may put them down. I'm not going to embarrass anybody. Never have, never will. I'll not come to you. I'll never embarrass you, never call your name or anything. Is there one that would say, preacher, if I died today? I don't know that for sure, but I'd like to know it someday. Would you raise your hand? All right. Who'd say, preacher, somewhere in that sermon, something I needed today? Would you raise your hand? Oh, my soul. Many, 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 many hands. If you'd raise your hand and say, preacher, I'm not sure that I've trusted Christ as my Savior. If you're a lady, I'll have a lady take the Bible and show you how you can know for sure. If you're a man, I'll have the man take a Bible and show you. Just takes two or three minutes. If God spoke to your heart today about your possibles bag, how about you come? Kneel at an old-fashioned altar and let's load up our possibles bag. Let's make a commitment to God that we're going to keep it ready. If you've been saved and never baptized, we could take care of that. If you've been saved and baptized by immersion and like to join our church, you come.